Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of A Year of No Fear. Today I'm going to be reading in the book of Psalms chapter 56, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 11. Um, There are three verses in here that I'm going to focus on, and that's verses 3 and 4 and 11. But the entire um, first half of the psalm that I'm going to be reading, it's really good. That's why I'm reading all of these verses together. This is David writing this psalm when he was in or seized by the Philistines in Gath. And that and that story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 22, I believe, or 1 Samuel 22. I think it's 1 Samuel 22. David is talking about his enemies, which are the Philistines. But today we don't have, you know, physical enemies. We have one enemy. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against rulers and principalities. But knowing that we have the victory always. So we're fighting with victory, if that makes sense. I just want to keep reiterating that, especially if um, people are not listening to the main episode days, because these are just very short episodes and I don't want to talk that much in these episodes, even though I'm literally doing that right now. But in Sunday episodes, I, I go more into like teaching and talking about, you know, where we stand and who we are today as as born again believers. Okay, verse one says, Oh God, have mercy on me, for people are hounding me. My foes attack me all day long. I am constantly hounded by those who slander me, and many are boldly attacking me. But when I am afraid, I put my I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? They are always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. They come together to spy on me, watching my every step, eager to kill me. Don't let them get away with their wickedness. In your anger, O God, bring them down. You keep track of my sorrows. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. My enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. This I know. God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. Yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Praise the Lord. He says that though my enemies come out against me in one direction, he will cause them to flee to flee from you in seven directions. But then he says, what can mere mortals do to me? So obviously, Satan is not a mortal. He's not a, a human being. He is a created being. He's never going to come to an end. He's, you know, we're all going to we're all going to live somewhere forever. But anyway, mortals are people here, human beings here on Earth. So what can mere mortals do to me? That's what David says. In verse 4 and in verse 11, he says, but when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. So whenever you're afraid, whenever you feel afraid, and I talked about this yesterday a little bit in the Year of No Fear episode as well. Um, So if you want to go listen to that, I recommend it. But whenever you are afraid, you can put your trust in the Lord. But in verse 4, he says, I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? So there's a level of like you trusting in the promises of God and then that eradicating the fear that's in your life. Because when you are afraid, you put your trust in God. You put your trust in him. 
and not just, you know, God is on the throne. He's going to make everything work out. He's going to make everything be good. Like, no, we put our trust in his promises because all of his promises are yes and amen. I talked about it yesterday. He won't allow his word to return to him void. It can't, it can't do that. And he exalts his word above his own name. So his promises, he puts a high stake, a high value on his promises. He will not let those things. If you quote a promise to the Lord and you believe it in faith, that promise will not return void to him. It can't. He puts that above his own holy name. And David said, what can mere mortals do to me? They're always twisting what I say. They spend their days plotting to harm me. They come together and spy on me, watching every step, eager to kill me. And, you know, that's kind of like what our enemy does today. But with your physical, with like people here on earth, like when there's like a fear of man kind of thing, like you really need to to get it in your heart. What can mere mortals do to me? What is it that a human being can do to me? People can say what they want. People can think what they want. People can do what they want. But just the same way as Jesus, when he walked through the crowds, nobody could take his life. Nobody could take his life because they picked up stones and he escaped from the crowds multiple times. People wanted to stone him. People threw him off of a cliff. They tried to throw Jesus off of a cliff. But each time he escaped, there was a way out every single time. Sometimes he walked through the crowds with people having stones in their hands, but they wouldn't throw them. Mere mortals cannot do a single thing to you. And even when Jesus was about to die on the cross, Pontius Pilate was talking to him, saying, don't you realize that your life is in my hands? And Jesus was like, your life, my life is not in your hands. I control when I lay my life down. You don't take my life. I lay my, I willingly lay my life down. Jesus could not die without his permission. They couldn't kill Jesus without his permission. And the same is true for us for today. Jesus wasn't the only one who got to choose when he was going to willingly lay down his life. And I'm going to talk about this more another day because it keeps I keep bringing it up, but like not talking about it. So I'm going to talk about it eventually and probably soon. But even Paul, like, had dominion. He, he, he talked about, like, choosing whether or not he wanted to stay here or to go to heaven. You have a choice. You have a choice when you're going to, like, leave or not. You have a choice whether you want to stay here on earth or go. The same way that God gives you a choice in everything, that you, everything else that you do. Yes, at the, ultimately, at the end of our lives, like, we're going to have to die. We're not physically going to live forever, but we're going to live on forever in heaven. So I'm not saying that you can live until 900 years old. But what I am saying is that you can choose when you're going to go or not. Philippians chapter 1 verse 20 says, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, that, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I don't really know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. 
He said, I'm convinced that I will remain alive. And to be convinced of something is to have faith. So with everything else that we do in this walk, you have to be fully convinced. Paul was not ready. He, he said, I, it's better to go to heaven. I long to go to heaven. It's going to be a better place. But for your sakes, I'm going to stay here. He could choose whether or not he was going to stay here or go to heaven. At this point, I'm sure Paul was fed up with the persecution and with people in churches not wanting to listen to him and, and doing things that they weren't supposed to do, being locked in prison. But he said, it is for your sakes. It is better that I continue to live. He chose to continue to live instead of going to heaven for their sakes. Matthew chapter 10, 28 says, And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. So human beings, they can't do anything of significant value to you. They can kill this body, but what is this body? This body is going to die anyway. This body is an earthly tent. Our soul and our spirit is what's going to live on forever. This body will not live on forever. Nobody can kill you. If you are a born again, listen to me. If you are a born again believer, if you have the spirit of God living in you, nobody can kill you. They can kill this body. They can kill this earthly vessel. But me, who I am, I'm not this physical body. This physical body is not me. This body is going to pass on. It is temporary. Me is on the inside. Me is what my soul is, my mind, my will and emotions. Me is my spirit, the spirit that that he made come to life. Those are the parts of me that's going to live on forever. Just think of like a puppet. Like if there's a puppet, somebody has to stick their hand and, you know, make their make the voice talk and stuff like that. But once the hand is out of the puppet, it just lays there. There's nothing that it can do. That's what our body is. And I'm not saying that we're puppets for God. I'm not saying that we're puppets for the enemy or anything like that. What I'm saying is, is that this is a physical body and that if there is no life in this body, then this body cannot do anything. If the, It's the same thing with animals. There's life in them. There's a heartbeat, but they don't have a soul. They can't be saved. They don't have consciousness. So when the life is taken out of this body and it's going to go somewhere, heaven or hell, you cannot kill me because I am going to live on forever in heaven. You cannot end my life. A mere mortal cannot end my life. And I think that's something that people and and that Christians need to understand and even non-believers, but Christians even more. Because when somebody passes away, quote unquote, they don't they they're not dead. They're living somewhere else. They're alive up in heaven. Heaven is not full of dead people. They, they're more alive than we have ever been. You know, there is death in this world, but there is no death in heaven. They are more alive than we are. And that's why when somebody passes away, this is turning into something completely different. But that's why when somebody passes away, we don't mourn the way that the world mourns. We don't. We're not sorrowful or sad. We rejoice because if they have been saved, they are living a better life than we are here on earth. Praise the Lord. 
that death cannot touch them. Praise the Lord that they are in the presence of their heavenly father. Praise the Lord that there is no more sorrow where they're at, that they don't have to feel sad, that they don't have to feel pain anymore. Anyway, the basic bottom line is, is that you don't have to fear because like David said, we put our trust in the Lord. We put our trust in his promises because all of his promises are yes and amen. And his word is exalted above his own name. He puts a high value on his word. I talked about all of that yesterday. So go listen to that episode of A Year of No Fear from yesterday as well. And finally, the last two verses of this chapter of this psalm say, I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and I will offer and will offer a sacrifice of thanks for your help. For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life giving light. Hallelujah. I love the Bible. I love the word of God. And I hope that you do too if you're a Christian. Because he brings life through his word. We thank him for his help. We thank him. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. He says, for you have rescued me from death. If you are born again, he has rescued you from death. You won't, you can live eternally instead of dying eternally. If you are not born again, if you're not saved, if you haven't trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there will be a death and there will be constant death. The same way that I said in heaven that they are, they have a life that's more real than ours. It's going to be the same way in hell. Death is going to be more evident there. There is going to be death and death eternal in the same way that in when you go to heaven, there's life and life eternal. In hell, there is death and it's death eternal. You are going to be constantly dying. It's not going to be a good place. So if you're listening to this and you've never put your trust in Jesus, if you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ, if there's never been a time that you have surrendered your life to him and confessed him as your Lord and Savior, you can do that with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned and I repent. I believe in my heart that Jesus lived, died, and rose again just for me. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, that I am saved. Thank you, Father, that I have eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you pray that prayer, you're saved. All of the the life-giving gifts that I just talked about in this episode, you have them now. You are a born again child of God. The Bible says that the old has passed away and behold, all things have become new. Your old self is dead, but you have become new. You're a new creation. Praise the Lord for that. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow with the Sunday main episode. Love you guys so much. Have a great weekend. Bye.